Welcome back, baseball fans, to another episode of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I am your host today, Greg. I am joined, as always, by Dominic, and a familiar voice in the first couple of episodes. Nick is back to uh, share some of his baseball wisdom with you as well. So on this episode, we're going to do a little bit of award season rundown. Who got what? Who got some uh, extra little uh, trinkets to put in their trophy cases? We're going to do some free agent signings. Uh, Who went where? Who got some extra cash in their pockets? We're going to talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, lockout with MLB. And then we are really excited to do this today. We are going to do a fantasy draft. So each one of us is going to pick one player uh, for our all-time team at each position. And once a player is chosen, the other of us cannot pick that same player. So we'll see how that works out at the end of the episode. So starting off with our little war season rundown, we're going to start in the National League with the MVP, Bryce Harper, who we knew was leading it pretty much the entire year, pretty much since maybe April or May was uh, was the front runner for it. Uh, Bryce Harper came out with the uh, National League MVP. American League MVP, same thing, Shohei Otani, pretty much in the running the entire time in first place. Yeah, definitely got uh, all the most, I think, 30 first-place votes out of that. Uh, so he was definitely winner for that. In the National League, the Cy Young winner was Corbin Burns of the Brewers. And in the American League, Cy Young, the winner was Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays. Then we move on to National League Rookie of the Year. Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds got Rookie of the Year. And in the American League Rookie of the Year was Randy Rosa Reina, and if you did not see what the clinic he put on in the postseason, you missed out, and he definitely solidified why he deserved Rookie of the Year in that. Then we go on to Manager of the Year, Gabe Kapler of the Giants. You know, went all the way through to the NLCS and and definitely showed that he was a, a good manager. He got 28 first-place votes on that one. And then the American League Manager of the Year winner was Kevin Cash of the Rays. Tune in on our next episode, and we will go through Silver Sluggers and a few of the other awards that we missed out on this particular episode. So moving on to our second topic of the day, we're going to talk about some freeze and where they went, how much cash they got in their pocket. So the, the Dodgers brought back Chris Taylor. He signed a four-year, $60 million deal. Rich Hill joins the Red Sox in a one-year deal. We've got Nick Martinez and a four-year deal with San Diego, $20 million on that one. And then Corey Knebel uh, signed with the Phillies on a one-year $10 million deal. And the, this one that surprised me is that the Red Sox traded Hunter Renfro. He did so good for them this, this season, uh, great in the postseason. But they decided they wanted to trade him in exchange for Jackie Bradley Jr., got him back from the Brewers. He had signed that free agent deal last year, so they've got him back. Tigers landed shortstop Javi Baez. He agreed to a six-year, $140 million deal. Uh, does have an opt-out clause for, I believe, the fifth year. And then the Cubs added catcher Jan Gomes and outfielder Clint Frazier. Gomes signed a two-year $13 million deal, so that'll definitely uh, get him some cash in that pocket. 
And the Braves tendered a contract to Adam Duvall. So we all kind of saw that on the wall that he was going to be returning to them. But here's where we get to the, some of them with the big money. Rangers gave 10 years and $325 million shortstop Corey Seager. That was one of the biggest contracts we've seen in a long time. And then with the Mets and all this cash that they miraculously decided to <laughs> come up with this year, I'm not sure how that actually happened, but uh, one of the things they did uh, for this offseason was they signed Max Scherzer to a three-year, $130 million contract. What? So if I'm doing the math correctly, that's over f- like, like a little, a little less than like 45 20, a year, 45 a, a year, mil a year per season that's the highest any pitchers ever uh, ever like that's just amazing and the Rays added two-time Cy Young award winner Corey Kluber to a one-year deal worth eight million dollars guaranteed but if he pitches the entire full season with incentives and all he could possibly walk away with 13 million dollars for a one-year deal so that's really good Mets continued to upgrade and add cash to players when they signed Starling Marte and Eduardo Escobar. Starling Marte signed a four-year $78 million contract and Escobar did a two-year $20 million contract. Red Sox added right-hand pitcher Michael Waka. Uh, He did some great stuff with the Rays and then previously that with the Cardinals. Um, So they signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, and then the Rays went all in on Wander Franco and signed him to a 12-year contract worth $185 million. Could possibly top out at $223 million, uh, depending on how all the incentives go on that. And then the Astros bought back Justin Verlander to a one-year $25 million contract. So that's just a few people that have signed some contracts so far. Obviously, with this lockout that occurred, uh, we had to put some of that on hold. So we'll definitely return to this on another episode to discuss who else signed before the beginning of spring training. Moving on to our third topic of the evening, Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association are locked out. So why did MLB lock out its players? This is coming straight from Major League Baseball from their fact sheet on the particular lockout. So the answers you're getting are from Major League Baseball. So why did they lock out the players? Simply put, uh, they believe that in the offseason lockout is the best mechanism to protect the 2022 championship season. We hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations and get uh, us to an agreement that will allow the season to start on time. The defensive lockout was necessary because the players association vision for major league baseball would threaten the ability of teams to be competitive. This is simply not a viable option yet from the beginning. They have been unwilling to move from their starting position, compromise or collaborate on any solution. So does this impact free agency? We just kind of discussed this. Yes, it does. During the work stoppage, teams are not permitted to sign free agents, offer contracts, extensions or renegotiations. Additionally, salary um, attributions and the Major League Rule 5 draft have been put on hold pending a new collecting bargaining agreement. 
So can players hold their own practices and workouts? I said, yes, they can. Players are allowed to work on their own and may follow a team's workout plan that were developed prior to the work stoppage, but they're not allowed to share updates or receive feedback from coaches or trainers about their off-season training, including strength and uh, conditioning activities. Team personnel are also prohibited from providing instructional videos or other aids to players for their own. So will players still make appearances on club programming or events? If you have not seen, and a lot of these players have actually been kind of creative with this, um, they're not allowed to uh, appear in any team event or participate in any team programming across any broadcast or media channels, including social media. So some players have done very creative things with uh, their just not putting their particular likeness in, but putting everything else that they can in their social media posts and it's become very very entertaining if you have not checked out some of the twitter pages and facebook pages <laughs> check them out because they are quite entertaining all during this lockout so what is the main sticking point in the negotiations between the owners and the players basically it comes down to economics players feel with the emergence of analytics within front offices that fewer and fewer second and third tier players are getting paid when they finally become free agents after six years in major league service time, which is often when a player turns 30 or very close to it. In general, players would like to be paid more at a younger age because that's when they are in their prime. The system also favors keeping players in the minor leagues for several weeks extra to slow down their major league service time. Players hate that. Like the players, players just hate that. They feel that the cycle of the team's rebuilding, a.k.a. tanking, is limiting payrolls. They would like some guardrails within the system to prevent those cycles. As long as there is no salary cap, the system will always pay the best of the best, something the league likes to emphasize. Owners ha haven't even uh, offered a hard cap during these negotiations. And again, we're going to address this in uh, future episodes depending on how long this lockout actually takes. And maybe we'll get some insight on some of the Major League Baseball Players Association, uh, particular guys that, uh, that have their say. So the time is finally here for us to pick our fantasy draft. This is something we look forward to all season, something we talked about doing, and we are going to do it now. So each person is going to pick one player to be on their all-time team. Once a player is picked, he cannot be selected by anyone else. So we're going to start the outfield. Then we're going to move to first base, second base, shortstop, round third. And then we're going to head home with the catcher. We're going to pick starting pitchers, relief pitchers, closers. And then we're going to end up with two bench players we can either fill in for the dh spot or what have you but we each get two bench players so we have randomly selected who's going to go first and it looks like dom got that selection to go first it's going to be followed by myself greg and then nick is going to slide into that third spot we're going to do a snake draft if you don't know what a snake draft is it means that dom goes first i go second nick goes third and then we started over again with nick going first myself going second and Dom going third and then on and on. So it's a snake draft. So to start it off, we're going to start off with the outfield. So Dom, who do you have as your first selection in this fantasy draft? All right, here we go. First overall pick. I'm going to take Ted Williams. What arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Um, 
I, I think he's first or second in batting average, 344 career batting average, 521 career home runs. And it, it just doesn't get any better than that. So you had to steal, you know, my, my, my Red Sox, that, that hurts yep. deeply. Yep. So. Amy, I aimed right for your Red Sox heart in that one and just ripped it out for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on from my selection is my first outfield choice. I am going to pick Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, 284 average, uh, 1,662 runs, 630 home runs, and a little over 1,800 RBI. Ken Griffey Jr. is my first selection for my team. Go ahead, Nick. What do you got? I think I'm just going to go with who people probably – have kind of touted over the past couple of years. I'm going to go with someone a little bit more recent, and they've kind of said that he's probably one of the best players that we've ever seen in baseball. I'm going to go with Mike Trout, super consistent hitter, um, probably one of the best defenders we've seen in the outfield. Um, definitely not as athletic probably as Ken Griffey Jr., but the defense is still there. And like I said, he's probably one of the most consistent hitters that we in Major League Baseball, especially today when I think pitchers are um, have a lot different types of pitches than they did back in the day. Yeah, definitely. He, he doesn't have as much speed in, in the outfield, but mm-hmm. I mean, he still makes fantastic plays. So that's that's definitely a great select. So you are now again up for your second outfield selection. I'm going to go with uh, Ichiro Suzuki. I think Damn it. So he honestly, like when I was looking up players and I had a good idea, like I was telling you guys about people that I, that I wanted. And then I was just kind of looking through different stats and, and extra players. And he was a guy that like, I saw his name and I was like, yo, I remember watching him as a kid. And he, he's one of those guys that's, uh, he's pretty athletic. And like I said, he's really good at defense and kind of like Mike Trout, he was pretty consistent with hitting the ball. So I think having both of those guys in the outfield who are really good at defense and pretty consistent there in the lineup with hitting, that's going to help. That would help my team. I think pretty consistent for each row is an understatement. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. he, that he is king of the small ball plays. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I don't know how many in the park home runs he got just with the speed on the bases alone. Yeah. Um, the guy is just in the eye. That's a, that's a great selection. So moving on to my selection, my second outfield selection, I am going to go with a Hall of Famer, and he is the godfather of Mr. Barry Bonds, and I'm going to go with Willie Mays. 302 average, uh, 2,062 runs, batted in 660 home runs, and he just makes look you know playing in the outfield look pretty. Some of those basket catches from uh, behind his back were just amazing. And so I'm I'm definitely there with that. So that is my second selection in outfield. I've got Willie Mays and Ken Griffey Jr. Dom, you are up next. Okay, so with my next pick, um, I'm going to keep the Hall of Fame trend going. Um, I'm going to go with Ty Cobb to, to be my left fielder. I mean, he, what, what else needs to be said about him other than he's – like the one of the greatest players of all time. I will I will say I, I like that we started with outfield because like <laughs> when I was looking at players, I was like, honestly, the outfield position is stacked. Like there's a lot of guys that <laughs> were like like outfield is deep because you could go pretty far, you know what I mean? Like and still have a lot of guys that you were like, wow, like I got a good guy here. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's that's definitely for sure. Because you know, there before the DH was even a thing, it was like you had to play a position, and outfield was that thing. So, so I definitely see that. All right. So for my pick in the third round, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out of the box here, and I'm going to go with Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, you know, for those of you that might not know him, 
he's probably one of the greatest players of, I guess, early baseball um, around the turn of the century, uh, played 1908 to 1920. Um, he was on those controversial uh, White Sox teams, you know, with the whole, you know, throwing the World Series scandal and all that. Um, but he didn't actually take part of that. And if you look at his career numbers, I mean, 356 career batting average. His last year, 19, uh, yeah, 1920, he batted 382 on the season. Career 0.43 or yeah, 0.42 OPS. Um, home runs 700 and no, yeah, 54 career home runs, 792 RBIs. Uh, it's just a monster. Yeah, the, the guy was a beast, and regardless of, of whatever he did in those games, he uh, he he was a beast. Yeah, regardless of what you want to say about those World Series games, he was amazing on the diamond throughout the rest of his career, and, and that's a great pick. So with my third selection in the outfield, I'm going to go with Hank Aaron, who's a 305 batting average, 755 home runs, almost 2300 rbis and this is what really surprised me when i saw this is that he had 240 stolen bases so if i'm putting together an outfield like that you know somebody that can can hit the ball but also hit some dingers and and steal some bases and that's what i want in a player so that is my selection for my third hank aaron what about you nick kind of like dom i'm gonna go a little bit outside of the box but i'm gonna go with uh jonas cespedes and you know not the not not the craziest, you know, at hitting, but he is a two-time home run derby champ. So he he does have the ability to hit the ball. I just think I, I kind of went with him for a little bit more of a defensive aspect and maybe a little bit, add a little bit of speed there in the out. Um, obviously, Mike Trout is a good athlete, but to have, you know, Ichiro and, and maybe uh, Jonas on either side of Mike Trout, add some speed over there, um, and then that'll that'll kind of help me on the long run. And hopefully I can get who I want in D that can help me out. <laughs> That's that's great selections from everybody so far. So moving on to first base, and it is going to be Nick with the first selection at first base. What do you got? Wow. There's a lot of good options here at first base, too. I think first base is kind of spoiled just like outfield. I think, like you said, everybody had to play a position. So a lot of those, like, really good hitters, they played first base as well. You could could teach those guys to scoop the ball all day. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, They don't need to really move laterally back and forth. So um, I think I'm just going to kind of go with probably like the obvious answer here. And I'm going to go with Albert Bojos. I think there's probably a lot of good players to go, you know, that can go in that position that I could have gone with. But I think that like hitting wise, defensive wise, I think he's probably one of the better options. He had a really good long career. And obviously I think he spent a lot of his time at DH as well too. So he has that ability to, to hit and put the ball in play. Yeah, that was definitely a good pick. That was, I guarantee, was on the top of all three of our lists when it came to what we were possibly going to pick. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go a little old school with my pick for first baseman, and I'm going to go with Lou Gehrig. Damn it. Mr. Lou, Mr. Lou. Three, three, four. My first two are gone. (laughs) Uh, No, not my first two. Lou Gehrig had a 340 batting average, 493 home runs. Um, you know, almost 2,000 RBIs. There's nothing needs to be said about him. Lou Gehrig is just one of the best first basemen and if not baseball players of all times. So that is where I pick. And that means, Dom, you were up for the final selection at first base. All right. Well, after, you know, Greg took my number one option and Nick took my third option, um, my second option 
is Jim Tomey, and that's who I'm going to have to go with. Uh, growing up, you know, mid to late 90s, you know, Jim Tomey was kind of at the, at the peak of his game uh, when I was really young and really starting to get into baseball. Um, I remember those early 2000s Indians teams, and he was, he was the man. You know, he was hitting dingers all day and getting on base. He was just amazing to watch. Um, so I, I have a lot of fond memories of watching Jim Tomey growing up. Yeah, I mean, he did phenomenal with the Indians, phenomenal with the White Sox. I read something today, like he, him at first base, um, he played a lot of games for them at first base, so that was, was a good pick. So moving on to our second base, and that means Dom is back up again for his second base selection. So who is your first pick for second base? Second base, I got to go with Jackie Robinson. We could talk all day about what he meant to the game of baseball um, and breaking the color barrier and all that, but it just he was such an amazing player on the field. Uh, his stats are just absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I think he's probably the, the best second baseman of all time. Uh, you can't can't go wrong with that pick. Yeah, then, That's a good one right yeah. there. And his speed on the base path was, was yeah. unmatched as well, especially during that era. So great pick. So with my selection for my second baseman, I am going to be part of the big red machine, and I am going to pick Joe Morgan, second base. Not a lot of home runs, 268 home runs, but his RBIs were uh, 1,133. And a little Mr. Joe Morgan had 689. So I went with that for, for my second base selection. All right. Well, again, I'm probably going to go a little bit outside the box. And I kind of picked this guy because he's literally like the reason I started playing baseball. He's the reason that I wanted to play second base when I was a kid. You know, I, I kind of watched and studied every bit of his game. And he is a home run derby champion as well at second base, which was kind of unheard of for a second baseman at the time. So I'm going to go with Robinson Cano. He's pretty athletic, really good at defense. And like I said, he, he can take the cover off the ball. So I'm super excited that he was still there. I know he's a little bit outside of the box, but um, that's that was my guy. That was the guy I was always going to pick there at second. Yeah, he, a phenomenal career with the Yankees. And I think then he went on to play for the Mariners. Phenomenal mm -hmm. career. So, yeah, great, great selection. So that also means that now we move over to shortstop. And you are up with that first selection at shortstop, Nick. So who do you have? Well, maybe not like a, maybe not a popular pick, but I'm going to go with a guy that was uh, Cano's teammate for a while. I'm going to go with Dan. I think, again, just another solid hitter, another guy that's uh, pretty solid at defense. I don't think he's the most athletic guy that I could have picked at shortstop, but again, I'm just kind of filling my team with guys that are going to get hits. I don't need guys who are going to, you know, necessarily destroy the ball, but guys that, um, that can just put the ball in play and get the get the bases moving. I think that that is a uh, that method of playing baseball is kind of kind of left, and and I'm kind of trying to recreate that team. And, and Derek Jeter is another guy that watching play the infield kind of um, made me fall in love with playing infield and baseball. Well, that's that's a great selection. I knew that you somebody was going to take that first, and he was probably one of uh -huh. the top contenders for all three of us. <laughs> Whoever had to go first, and how this selection went out was was amazing. And I, I knew he'd be probably first, if not second. So mm -hmm. that moves on to me for my selection at shortstop. And I am going to go with Mr. Reliable, Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Nice. Did 2,632 consecutive games. I mean, you can't, you just can't beat that. Nobody will ever. He's hit 431 home runs. 
almost 1700 RBIs throughout his career. It just amazing. Uh, Kyle Ripken, he, he, he puts class in baseball. He was uh-huh. that epitome of class when it came to baseball, what I wanted to see a player be. And that was him for sure. Yeah. He was, uh, he was like my, he was second on my list right behind Derek G. So shortstop, I'm going with the guy that was at the top of my list. Uh, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. I'm going with Honus Wagner. Um, again, keeping with the, the Hall of Fame trend that I've been on. I mean, Honus Wagner, legend, obviously. Um, played with uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates his whole career. 101 home runs in a time where home runs really were quite rare. Um, career 320 batting average. 1,732 RBIs and 723 stolen bases um, and in 10,493 at-bats. It doesn't really get any better than Honus Wagner. No, I mean, he's the epitome of what baseball is, and you know, his, his baseball card goes for millions of dollars. So moving on to third base, and Dom, you have the first selection in third base, so who are you going to pick? So this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from the Hall of Fame trend that I've I've been using this whole time. I'm gonna go with a current player, one of my favorite players in the game right now. I'm going with Jose Ramirez. And right now, he's he's at the top of the game. I mean, he doesn't get as much attention as he deserves because he's not really outspoken. Doesn't bring a lot of attention to himself. He just shows up to work every day. You know, hits the cover off the ball, and goes home. The dude just loves – he sleeps and breathes baseball. And he's I, I, he's definitely a guy that I would build a franchise around. That's that's pretty phenomenal. So I, I went back and forth with my third base selection. Uh, I wanted to stick with, you know, what I grew up with and what I looked at. And I looked at this player a lot. But I didn't want to necessarily pick him um, just because he's a he was a Red Sox player. And then I just kept on thinking more, and I said, you know what, I, I want actually to go with uh, somebody else. I want to pick George Brett of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, he pick. was a beast, 305 batting average, 15, almost 1,600 RBIs, 201 stolen bases, 317 home runs. George Brett is is Mr. Hustle and – I just I could not pick him over. You know, I had to pick him over the other player that I was going to. So that leaves you, Nick. What do you have for third base? I'm going to go with Adrian Beltre. Pretty athletic, really good at defense. And when you look at his, you know, 3,100, over 3,100 hits, 477 home runs, um, definitely is going to put the ball in play. He's going to hit hit it over, you know, the fence or hit it into the stands. So that's another guy that I can kind of, add to my rotation that's going to hit the ball. And then a guy that, you know, I don't have very many guys that are going to kind of hit the cover off the ball, but he's going to be one of them. So I'm super excited that he was still. Definitely. Definitely. So you also have the first selection when it comes to catcher. And this is a, this is a contentious group. And I know that there's a lot of us that are going to want certain people. So who, who are you going to snake out from under us? Nick, I'm going to be really mad if you pick any of the guys on my top three. <laughs> I feel like we all have the same top three, though. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, this is like so. I love, I love and hate being like the first person to pick these positions because you're sitting there and you're like, wow, I have so many options, but you're also like, oh, who do I pick? You know what I mean? Being the last person to pick a position, you're like, oh, I'll just go with this guy then because <laughs> all the others 
players have been picked. So, wow. Um, I'm gonna flip a coin. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the guy that I have first on my list. I'm just gonna go with Buster. Um, I, I just I feel like him and the guy that I had second. There's really not much that you can go wrong with them. They're pretty much very consistent catchers. When you get a catcher, you just need a guy who's going to stop all the balls that are in the dirt, not going to let many pass them. He's going to be able to throw guys out at second occasionally and can put the ball in play. So I feel like Buster Posey can do all three of those things. That's a phenomenal pick. Yep. If you didn't uh, listen to our last episode of On Deck, we did a little Buster Posey retirement uh, stat sheet for him. And we actually talked about in his whole career, he only had 26 passed balls. Yeah, that's crazy. That, yeah, that, I mean, he first ballot Hall of Famer. Completely, 100%, no question. Yeah, straight to the top. So moving on to my selection for catcher, uh, I'm going to go go again with uh, one of Joe Morgan's uh, teammates and uh, Mr. Johnny Bench catcher, um, the Big Red Machine, 267 average, uh, 389 home runs. 1376 RBIs was just a phenomenal catcher and uh, and an era and where catchers were getting plowed over. Um, he uh, he definitely held his own at the plate. So I, my pick is for Johnny Bench. Dom, what do you have when it comes to your catcher? So I'm going with the guy that is pretty widely regarded as the greatest catcher of all time. Um, played 19 years. 18 of those were with the Yankees. Mr. Yogi Berra. Yeah. Again, with a lot of these guys, not much else needs to be said, but he's a a great hitter. um, Obviously one of the the greater defenders of all time. When you think of your ideal catcher, it's it's Yogi Berra. It doesn't get any better than him. Yeah, and he played with a whole bunch of different, like with his career, he played with different dynasties of the Yankees, Mm -hmm. which was crazy. He played with so many amazing people and was able to keep in that lineup and keep uh, playing on and that that's a phenomenal pick he played from 1946 to 1963 wow and then took a year off and played nine games with the uh new york mets in 65 so moving on to the starting pitchers and i'm a little angry that the snake draft has put dom as being the first selection as the starting pitcher <laughs> that's okay so more of a chance to uh, mess it up so <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm not going to mess it up for Greg too bad. Um, starting pitcher, um, I'm going to go with Bob Feller. He's okay. legendary, pick. legendary pitcher. Um, obviously, played for the Indians. Again, I mean, growing up as an Indians fan, I mean, you always hear, you know, stories about, especially from my grandparents who uh, who watched Bob Feller during his his time. And just, just the stories that you hear about him, you know, growing up and all throughout his career, uh, it's just, yeah, I, when I was making this list, I mean, he was the first name that I, that I wrote down without even looking at any other pitchers. Great. Great selection uh, was definitely on my top three. So you, you did not though get my number one. So my first selection for starting pitcher is going to be Mr. Badass is the best way I can put it. 27 years in Major League Baseball, seven, count them, seven no-hitters over the course of that career. He has 324 wins, uh, 3.19 ERA. 
He is phenomenal. He pitched from 66 to 93. It is Nolan Ryan. I mean, just the seven no-hitters alone over the course of your whole career. I mean, the closest person to ever, the, the next closest um, number of no-hitters is four. So you have three more than any other pitcher out there. You can't beat them. So moving on to Nick, who do you have as your selection for starting pitcher? I guess the number one guy on my list is still there. So I'm going to go with him. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with a five-time Cy Young winning Randy. The dude has 303 wins. His ERA for career ERA was a 3.29. So the dude was a monster. I don't know. I, when when we were talking about like starting pitchers, he was literally the guy that that came to my mind. Him and, and Clemens, those guys were like one and two for me. I kind of was like looking at both of those, and I, I wanted to go with more of like a, a modern day pitcher, just because I, I feel like um, the way that the game is now that that they just have a little bit more in their arsenal than they did probably, you know, before the eighties or whatever. But um, Randy Johnson was just, he was just really good. And I think, I think during the time that he played, he kind of transcended the way that we, we kind of know pitching during that time period. I kind of just want to go with him. Yeah. And he is the only pitcher to knock a bird out of the sky yeah. with a pitch. I mean, <laughs> Honestly, any guy that could hit a, Hit a bird with a base that, mid flight. That Not the bird wasn't stationary. No, no, mid flight. No, no. Or is the bird better because the bird hit the base flight? <laughs> that, 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 that. And now we're going in a whole different semantics on that one. I mean, the, the bird didn't make it, but I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. That's a great selection. Great selection. So moving on, and Nick has the first uh, pick in relief pitchers so who do you have as your relief and i pretty much know that you're going to pick the certain individual but go ahead and do it you you know you know who i'm gonna pick i don't even think you know who i pick i don't even know who i'm gonna pick uh, yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with the Rollers chat that's probably a little bit different but I know he hasn't had like the best year this year but i just think like like i said kind of picking more modern day um pitchers i think that he's probably one of the better relievers that we have that we've had over the past i want to say 10 years in the league he's been pretty consistent so and he's also been a pretty good um closer when when called upon so that's what i'm going to go with my relief all right that's a good selection so for my f- pick as a relief pitcher i am going to go with mr oakland athletic 24 year career with them dennis eckersley he uh, had a uh, 390 saves with over his career, uh, 3.50 ERA and 2,401 strikeouts in his career. So he is definitely my relief guy that's going to come in and take the ball, for, hopefully save some runs throughout that sixth, seventh, and maybe eighth inning. So that leaves Dom, who is your relief pitcher selection. So I'm going to go with Eric Gagne. And growing up, really getting into baseball, you know, early, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, um, I, I don't think any relief pitcher, you know, kind of defined that era. Um, obviously, you got Mariano Rivera and, you know, Eric Gagne is probably right up there um, in terms of, you know, just what they were able to accomplish um, in, a, in a relatively short time span. Um, I mean, for a good three years, he was at the top of the league. 
right. I'm gonna, that's the guy I'm going to go with. He didn't have the wear the glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember, as soon as you said his name, that, that picture of those glasses came into my head. So, so I don't know if you were, um, you know, you mentioned another pitcher, and so I don't know if you were just uh, trying to rub it in our faces that this was going to be your selection as closer. <laughs> Um, but you do have the first selection when it comes to a closing pitcher. So who do you pick? I mean, it, what else needs to be said other than Mariano Rivera? He's, it's, 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 it's kind of not to step on all of your toes, but I mean, if I got the opportunity to take the greatest closer of all time, I'm going to take it. I think that was pretty much the number one pick of the all of our like yeah. if we didn't if we if we could have done this draft where it was just you know pick the first player that you could pick and then go from like that and I think that's why Nick wanted to do it Rivera would have been definitely the number one selection on all three of our lists so that that's funny yeah that's rough <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna uh, be a little bit different now so I'm. A lot of my selections have been kind of, you know, those those 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, and a little bit of the 80s. But I'm going to uh, go with a little bit more modern. It's a little bit dated back. But for my closer, it's going to be Trevor Hoffman. Yep. 601 saves. He had, you know, some surgery going on in his career uh, that took a little bit of it off. But he was still able to, to come out. And if you... Anytime I hear Hell's Bells by ACDC, I just think of Trevor Hoffman walking out on the field. And, uh, you know, seven-time all-star, just Trevor Hoffman, the closer of all time for me. So that is my selection. What do you got? I'm going to go with, for my closer, I'm going to go with uh, Francisco Rodriguez. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who has a uh, 2.86 career ERA. And then uh, he he doesn't have as many saves as Mariano Rivera, but he does have 437, so I feel like that's still pretty, you know, it's, I think it's like 200 off of, of, uh, of Rivera, but that's still pretty good, you know, when you kind of come back down to normal closing status outside of, you know, Rivera, who's pretty much like the greatest of all time. I don't think anybody's really ever going to touch him, um, but I, I do think that Francisco Rodriguez is, is a pretty good pick at, at that point, especially since Dom stole all of our well, I mean, but, well, well, don't don't forget, you know, K. Rod set the MLB record for saves in the season in two thousand eight. So I mean, that that's that's no joke. You know, no, that's no. that's still a good pick. Yeah, no, no, I'm not I'm not mad about it at all. He was he was he was sitting there second on my list. So I'm not like mad that I got bumped out of it, but definitely, I think that when when you add him to the pitching rotation that I already have, I think that that would be that would be pretty good. All right, moving on to our final selections in this little fantasy draft that we've created. And we're going to go with bench players. Now, we've each got to be able to select two bench players, and that kind of fills in as the DH selection and or just a utility guy that can come in and out and go in if one of these other guys gets injured. Baseball game in heaven. So with the first selection of the bench players, it goes to Nick. So who do you have as a bench? I'm going to go with a. Big Poppy, David Ortiz. <laughs> Damn, do you just re- that was that was the guy that Greg was, wanted more than anyone. Listen, and he just stole him from him. Listen, Big Poppy is mine, Greg. He's mine. <laughs> Three World Series, just I mean, talk about clutch in October. Uh, the man is just without a doubt one of the greatest DHs of all time. I'm super angry and, with you. And he's not he's not bad at first base. So like he, I, I could play him there too. So 
and having him and Albert Pujols on my team at the same time, like those guys are both pretty good DHs as well. And you can kind of interchange them out all you want. I'm pretty, I was, I was kind of holding on to that one. I was like, Oh, please, please let me think first for the DHs. <laughs> Greg's over here. Like, damn, I should have taken David Ortiz for my first base. Yeah. Maybe I should have. I, I didn't even think of that. I mean, well, well, I mean, good thing that we have bench players, and uh, so they can be interchanged with the DH position. So this bench player that I have selected first is just somebody that um, everybody refers to as Mr. Charlie Hustle, and I'm picking Pete Rose as my first bench player. Okay. Twenty-one hundred and sixty-five runs, uh, thirteen hundred RBIs, hundred ninety-eight stolen bases. Part of that big red machine. I didn't know. I didn't really decided to go you know all cincinnati on my team but uh, these guys played together for so many years and did some phenomenal things charlie hustle played outfield first base second base third base he was just phenomenal so he is my first selection for my so, like, match players so i literally had pete rose at all those positions as like at some point in, in that spot because i was like that dude he he played everything he was a phenomenal hitter he pretty much was interchangeable, like you said. You could put him anywhere you wanted. So I was like, I guess if if all of if all of my guys kind of fall, I'm like, I'm gonna go with Pete Rose because worst comes to worst, he's just gonna hit the cover off the ball. <laughs> so. Yeah. So Dom, you are up next with your selections for bench players. Cool. So with my DH spot, I'm gonna take one of my favorite players of all time, Vladimir Guerrero, not junior, senior. He was just so fun to watch, and just the power that he hit the ball with was just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, yes. started his career with the Expos, moved on to the Angels. Phenomenal. There's actually this uh, ESPN documentary out right now about the uh, Expos in uh, Montreal. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's really well, with that snake draft. That means that you have your final selection in this fantasy draft, and as a bench player, who else are you picking? That's tough because I, I still have some guys that I have on my list that are really good players. Um, I am going to go with – I'm going to go with Tony Gwynn. <laughs> You're going to make me cry a little bit, man. You're going to make me cry. Oh, he is phenomenal. This is such a class act. And- yep, yep. There's nothing else needs to be said, just Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Did you know that he didn't uh, – when he was in college playing for, I believe, the, the – Arizona, some of the Aztecs, I forget what team or college that actually was. He went on to be the baseball coach for them for uh, many years after he retired from baseball. But he was actually on the basketball team and was kind of scouted to play the baseball team and really didn't want to focus on baseball and was more focused on basketball until he started to do really good in baseball and then got drafted. And I believe he got drafted by the Clippers and the Padres in the same year. It's a pretty interesting fact about Tony. You didn't take all my Red Sox thunder, Nick. So my selection for my final player, my DH, my my bench player is going to be Mr. Aloof. Mr. Manny Ramirez had a phenomenal career with the Red Sox and with the Indians. Um, didn't always put a lot of effort into the things he did, but when he did, he took, as you say, <laughs> the rubber off the ball and uh, hit some dingers out of Fenway Park. So my final selection for my fantasy team so that leaves it all up to Nick for the final selection in this draft. So out of everybody we've picked, you have now just – you can pick anybody you want selection. This is all on you to pick this final. Wow. No pressure. That is a lot of pressure. I'm going to go with a guy 
So I, I'm between two guys who are a part of um, a part of the Yankees, different eras, but I'm going to go with a guy that won seven World Series, three MVP, and he has a total of 536 total home runs for his career, and I'm going to go with Mickey. So I yeah, think, I think that that is uh, some power there that's going to be able to come off the bench or come off DH, and uh, him and Big Poppy, thanks, Greg. Um, those guys are going to hit some home runs for me. So he was number four on my outfield selection. So, so you, uh, you definitely, that was a, a good pick. And I don't want to call it steal, but it was definitely up there on, I think, all of our lists. Yeah. Yeah. He was well, guys, like, right there on my outfield list. And I kind of left him because I was like, maybe, maybe I could get him for DH and kind of interchange him out with, a, you know, Jonas Cespedes. But well, that does it for our on deck fantasy draft 2021 maybe in a couple years we will readdress this and see if any of our picks have changed we will post all of our lineups on our instagrams and facebook posts so that you can see exactly what our teams are up face to face and give us a comment on those and see who do you think had the better selection for teams was it dom was it myself or did nick steal the show with uh, big poppy mm-hmm So that is it for this edition of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And like I said, check out our Instagrams and Facebooks and get on our podcast and listen through Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, whatever you do to listen to podcasts. Listen to them through those channels. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. So stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.